Hi, Anna. Welcome to the Elder Girls podcast. How are you doing tonight, Miss Anna Elder Ballinger? I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a long day, but it's a day that I'm still alive. And so here we are again on our, I believe this is our fourth podcast that we have done. And so this is kind of exciting. We're still moving on. Yay. Yes, Yes, absolutely. I'm excited too. So Tonight, I think I would like to talk about, um, I posted earlier today, and I think yesterday I posted something that it would be fun to do something about the top 10 table manners that we were trained by our dear beloved mother, Sandra Elder, when we were young. (laughs) And I thought it would be something fun for us to talk about, and we could compare notes. So... I'll, um, if you don't mind, I'll start it off with the first one that mom always taught us. And then you can compare and you tell me if I'm right or if you remember something else as the number one table manner that she had always taught us as girls. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds okay. So, number one, mom always said, wash your hands before you come to the table. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Say that one again. (laughs) So we didn't have to worry about COVID whatever year, 1977 or 79. Right? Because we were already being taught to wash our hands. (laughs) I know. That is kind of humorous that you say that because when they're telling everybody this year, wash your hands after you go to the bathroom, wash your hands before you eat. I was like, don't people just normally do that? (laughs) That was like odd to me that they had to tell us to do that. (laughs) So true. (laughs) That was a joke for me too. And I know this might sound terrible because I'm sure nowadays that there are some people that have never heard that concept before. Uh And I do for them but at the same time I really feel like that's something that should be kind of in us naturally common sense and naturally inborn in us when we're born so that was the number one rule that I remember mom always was telling us wash your hands before you come to the table yeah absolutely I definitely agree I do remember that for sure too because we were little rugrats playing outside all day well at least I was you were in the bedroom right. playing with your dolls. <laughs> I was the one running the neighborhood with all the the ornery little boys in the neighborhood and girls in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, there were days, though, that I did play outside. <laughs> but I was just one of those little prissy things that was, I hated bugs and anything that creeped, crawled, or slithered and <laughs> bust and burned. <laughs> the tomboy and the princess. That was I forgot. I'm going to go back and say, welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here. I feel terrible. It just hit my mind. So we'll just do this really raw and unfiltered and for real. (laughs) We are glad you all are here tonight. This is what happens when we record after a long day at work, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Okay, so moving on to number two. You want to say number two, what you think number two might have been? Or do you want me to continue with my list and then you just tell me if I'm on target or not? 
Well, one I remember, and I don't know if these are in perfect order, but one of the ones that always sticks out in my mind is don't talk with your mouth full. Oh, absolutely. I had that on my list. So we'll just cover that one right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was a huge biggie. I think that's a big deal in a multi-child family because, you know, everybody's sitting at the table, you have a big family dinner and you're all sitting there. And then if you have friends or other family over as well, and everybody's talking and, you know, it's like, you see like this space of five seconds that you can slip your voice in there. And so <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have like hamburger or French fries in your mouth, you're like, this is the only chance I'm going to get a talk. I better say something right now. <laughs> Right. And you've got to say something and mom would say, ah, we don't talk with our mouth full. (laughs) Man, I missed my opportunity. (laughs) Very true. And then you're thinking, what can I have ready to say if I get another chance? (laughs) That's probably, you know, I wonder if that's like a baby of the family thing. Or like a, an eleventh child, you know, like these families with like sixteen kids. If that's like an eleventh child thing, you know, <laughs> maybe that's why mom was so strict because she was raised in a family of sixteen kids. So true, true. Like, uh-uh, we're not doing that for sure. <laughs> now, just put people's mind at ease. I do not make it a habit of talking with my mouth full. But sometimes it does happen. (laughs) I think it happens to all of us. So it's a good reminder to each other that if your mind is scattered and you're holding a conversation, make sure like you got at least the food to one side or you swallowed it completely because nobody wants to see all that stuff in our mouths. (laughs) Absolutely. That is the truth. Or have it thrown in your face while they're talking you know they're they're doing their great talk with food in their mouth and you're just getting showered and you're thinking thank you but I already took a shower I really don't need another one with all the (laughs) on my face oh lord isn't that the truth (laughs) well that was the first one I had on my list okay okay so here's another one mom was very strict about everyone sits down when it's dinner time or we're having a meal together at the table, no kids stand up at the table or you don't get your food and wander around the room, whether you're at home or in a restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Remember, or on the chairs. Lord have mercy. If you stood on a chair. Oh yeah. Jesus help us all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And even dad was pretty strict about that. Yeah, he was. Dad was strict. Yeah, and some of those things, he was almost maybe, I don't know that he was more strict than mom, but it was like when dad didn't get, maybe it was because we didn't see dad all the time. Like we were with mom all the time. So we Mm -hmm. heard her voice all the time. So we would push her to the max. But it was like dad was kind of that authoritarian voice that he worked all day or he was at the church taking care of business or whatever. So when dad said, don't you do that again. Ooh, doggies. It was like, uh, we I knew. Not do that again. <laughs> and he had that certain tone in his voice that you just knew. And he never raised his voice. It just, there was like a, a deep firmness there. And he'd give you that look like, yeah. you better listen to what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I can still see it. Like he'd chip his tin down. Yeah, chip his uh-huh. tin. <laughs> he'd chip his tin. He tipped his chin down 
and look at you yeah. kind of like he was looking over the top of his glasses and kind of raise those yeah. eyebrows and look at you and be like, don't you do that again. <laughs> and it was like, right? okay, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that it was time to toe the line. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I do remember with that too, and maybe you can remember this, that even when we were sitting down, there was always places that we knew that was for like adults, like right. the oh, daddy I- was at the end of the table, at the head of the table. And if we had a visiting minister or even a, a man, you know, and his wife would come, the yeah. man, the visiting guest man, male was at the other end of the table and his wife would sit to his right. and Mama would sit to daddy's right. And then it was the older kids and then the younger kids, unless it was like a really, really little child or a baby that needed the mom to help them. But mom and dad both were very strict about making sure that the older kids were sitting, you know, closer to the adults, unless it was a child, a really small child or baby. And I really appreciate that when I think about it, because a lot of times you know how it is when you're getting older and you're in your teen years or whatever. And you're kind of, especially when you're transitioning from a a kid into a teen or an older young person, you, you want to be more with the adults and mom and dad were real good about making sure that that happened when we were sitting down to dinner or to a, a good family meal. Yeah. There's two things that come to my mind when we talk about that. Um, one thing was that I don't ever really remember it being made like a big deal, like while company was there, like now, Anna, you sit down there. And so, 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 and so you sit (laughs) over there and that kind of thing. But mom did so much training behind the scenes before company got there. And it's like, it was such a natural part of our home life that it Mm -hmm. didn't feel like training like it now I look at it and it was training but it was right kind of her routine with his kids when we went in to get supper she say now daddy we always knew the head of the table was daddy's place but now Paul's gonna sit here tonight and Sarah you're gonna sit here tonight Marcia you're gonna sit here tonight Nana you're gonna sit here tonight you know and so mm-hmm. we kind of all knew like the other chairs were kind of up for grabs sometimes amongst us kids we didn't have to sit in the exact same chair every time right but when company right. come she would always just talk to us in the car, going to church, or if we were going to go out and eat, she'd say, now, when we go out to eat, the ministers and their wives are going to sit together, and the older mm-hmm. kids are going to sit together, and then, Anna, you you sit with the kids that are your age, and as, you know, you need to help us entertain our guests, or, so it was always yes. made like it was, like, not something that was, like, oh, my lands, I have to go sit with the little kids, but it was kind of, like, you are part of helping us host, right? you know, right. And so it was kind of an, in, an in, integrated part of our life. Mm-hmm. that as we grew up, like we just kind of, I just thought that's how everybody did it. And when I, when I realized yeah. it wasn't, it was kind of almost felt like you felt like you were competing for a seat at the table. And still to this day, I see like in myself, like when, or, or in us, even like when, for moving out here you know you don't know how everybody does things everywhere you go but always like when we go somewhere I find myself asking somebody where would you like us to sit before just grabbing a chair at the table because we were taught that was a courtesy you know like they might have designated places and even though it doesn't have a name tag on it or whatever 
a lot of people, when they're setting a table, they have a system created in their mind of how they would like people to sit at the table. So Mm it's just, you know, I think that's just become a part of our lives growing up is that when we're eating with other people, it's not like when we're with the elder family and it's the free for all of who sits where, although I think the family, you know, it's kind of, you know, like the cousins tend to sit together, the brothers and sisters and Uh their spouses tend to sit together. And then the small children, we try to get them together unless the babies, like you said, need to be with their mom. But I think when we're with, even with groups of other people, like even when we go out with ministers and there's other ministers, you know, we're not pastors ourselves. Daniel and I are not. So I'll find myself deferring to whoever the preacher is that's there that's from mm-hmm. the Rock Church if there are other guests and ask them, how would you like us to sit at the table or their wives, Absolutely. you know, because I don't know. I think it was just like a code of conduct in the ministry, yeah. I guess. I don't really yeah. know, but, but somebody trained mom on that and she trained us on that. And then I had another thought that went with that, but you know, I was talking about all that, that other thought just went out the top of my head <laughs> and I felt like it was kind of important. <laughs> maybe it'll well, come maybe back. it'll come back. If it comes back, we'll just go back to that because it is important. I do feel like, especially like when you're with ministry, as if you're eating out with ministry or you have guests come over that you should always, um, I think that the children and the teenagers need to learn that you always defer to the adults. Right. Absolutely. I think, you know, mom taught us and trained us that, that that's a very important thing. You defer to them. You always let them um, sit together because adults have more things to discuss, you know, where sometimes they may not feel comfortable with a a child or a teenager sitting there while they're discussing that or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know what the other thought was. The other part of it that I think about when I think about it, that growing up with both mom and dad on this, and that I really appreciate when I look back and it kind of makes me a little, it gives, it gives me a little frog in my throat because I remember, remember mom and dad and their youth and they were party animals. Like anybody yeah. who knew the elders when they were young. <laughs> and, and when I say the elders, I mean the Carl and Sandra elder, the matriarch and yeah. patriarch of the elder family. Yes, they were party animals. Like we have people at our home all hours of the night. <laughs> Mom and dad playing games with evangelists. I mean, I could tell stories. Like one night, Dude, we, yeah. stories. we got to just tell stories. Like you know, the Dudleys coming over after church. Maybe I shouldn't say names, but people coming <laughs> over after church and playing games until three in the morning, and then a mouse gets yes. in. And the preacher's wives are standing on the couch while the men chase the mouse around the house with fruit. <laughs> and you and I are peeking out the bedroom door because we want to be a part of the party. And mom's yes. like, girls, get to bed. You have school tomorrow. We're like, we wouldn't know what's going on. We want a party. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew they were like all night and not all night or the table part of that. So like, it was almost like while the food was there, you know, there were times there were serious conversations or whatever, but right. mom and dad also wanted us to be exposed to the ministry yes. that we were, were around and they wanted them to have like us to like have relationships with them, yes. you know, and to look at them like they wanted them, I think, to be mentors and role models and heroes mm-hmm. in our life. So I remember like there were times that mom and dad would say, Sarah and Anna, you can sit up here, you know, kind of close by where you can hear whatever. Or, or the older kids would get up and leave. And I can always remember scooting from the end of the table closer to the conversation because I was a nosy little kid and wanted to hear what everybody's talking about. But especially <laughs> when they all started laughing. 
because you know at some point Absolutely. in time the conversation and especially the later it got the conversation was going to switch from just all serious matters and there were going to be some hilarious things that took place and so there would be right. some jokes being told or stories being told you know preachers can tell some of the best stories and so, yes, and, and so I remember, you know, like even walking up and leaning with my arm on daddy's shoulder and leaning over and just listening to the stories. And it was never like, Anna, get away, go sit in your chair no. at that point in time, no. you know, because at that right. point in time we were done eating, it was kind of more casual and they were yes. having fun. Now, of course, if the rest, if we were in a restaurant and it was full of people, then there was more of this kind of like, okay, you really need to go sit down because there's still people mm-hmm. in here eating. It's busy. But if the restaurant got empty, it was like there could be a yes. little bit more informality. You know what I mean? So it right. was like there was always right. a balance. And looking back, like, I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Me too. I do remember that. And one thing I had to tell too is I remember you were talking about how that we'd be peeking around the corner. I remember when we actually lived in the old parsonage that was two story and mom and dad had, I don't even remember their names. It seems like. I don't even remember girl, but they used to pastor in McPherson, Kansas, and they would come over for like a fellowship meeting or just come over for fellowship with mom and dad. And they would be playing games and laughing and stuff. And you and I would be sitting on the top stairs, like at the very top of the stairs and the stairs were very steep. And I remember mom would say, all right, you two girls, you get in your bed now. <laughs> I see. I do not remember that. I don't have hardly any memories of the person. But I can see we were all we were always sneaking around trying to see what was going on. Yes. And she'd say, It's too late for you to be up. And we'd be like, Oh man, we'd be sneaking back to our bedroom, crawling in our bed. We'd be like, I want to go down there and party with them. It sounds like they're having a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, but that is true. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good thing because, like, honestly, I don't know. Of course, I'm not a parent with kids, so I don't. I say, you know, you always say, "Well, if I had kids, I'd do this or that." Well, then you have kids, and people say, and you do exactly what you said you wouldn't do, or you don't right you would do, or whatever. You know, so who knows? But I do know this. I do know, like, when you're in a restaurant. Um, and you're eating and you're with children that are out of control it 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 doesn't make for a nice dining experience <laughs> you know no, it for, doesn't for, it's very annoying it, and it's it's not a nice dining experience for any of the patrons, but sometimes if it's a church situation, it almost gets a little bit embarrassed because you know, your whole group embarrassing because your whole group looks different than everybody else in the restaurant. So they know you go to church Mm -hmm. somewhere. It's not like you're hiding it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. So like if the kids are running around the restaurant and they're out of control and then, and I'm not saying like they have to sit in their chair with their legs crossed and their hands on their lap. And, you know, no. there's still a training process that parents have to go through, but it's just something to be aware of. And Absolutely. And I think too, what you said there, what really kind of embarrasses me sometimes is I think, oh my, we're supposed to be a representation of our church. And here we are with these kids, like acting like they're wild heathens in the jungle somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. Help them, God, to get their kids under control. <laughs> so do you have a right? You know, and bite my tongue. Yeah. So do you have a right? As a parent, do you have a recommendation for parents who might be struggling? Because, you know, like, I think some parents are trying, but sometimes kids are just strong-willed. But then on the other hand, too, now, you know, like, 
I don't want to encourage parents to say, well, put your child on a phone every time we go to a restaurant because then they'll never bother us. Because, you know, we see that I could talk for hours about the screen damage. I shared a video yesterday on my social, Mm -hmm. my personal social media. And I I just don't go into it because when I opened faith community, when we opened faith community school, I did hours of research. You remember all those stacks of paper that I I did hours of research of the effect that screens and computers have on children's mind from the ages of two to six years old and then before two i mean to from two years old to sixth grade you know when their brains are developing and even before two and so you know it's like i never want to be that person that wants somebody to stick their child on a phone so they're not the bother to me so do you as a parent you know what are some maybe tips that you use when you guys were raising your raising antonia you know i know the same thing doesn't work for everybody but but what would you what would you recommend well, definitely we did we did more training at home before we ever went to restaurants with Antonia and we did take her with us to a restaurant even when she was small, very small. We would go, you know, especially like Sunday. Sunday was our big day to eat out because we were so busy with church on Sunday and it was much quicker to go into a restaurant and eat than it was to go home and cook a big full course meal, you know, and then um clean it all up and then be back at church for choir practice and et cetera. So we would just go ahead and train her at home before we ever started going into restaurants with her. And we would teach her, we would put her first of all, when she was small enough to put her in a high chair, we would put her in a high chair and we would teach her, you know, first thing we taught, which is one of the rules that I put on, you know, which kind of leads us into several of the top 10 was we always pray before we eat. And so that was part of our training process. We would grab her little hands and we would say our blessing over our food and bless our food. And then, you know, we would start to teach her, which of course, you know, she was not an angel. I'm not going to say that she never threw her food or whatever, but I will tell you that one of the things that my husband was fantastic with was if she even threw a fit, even at home, he would just very calmly, pick her up out of her high chair, take her into another room and he would sit her down either, you know, on the couch or on the floor or in, you know, in one of her little chairs, because we had a chair for her and he would tell her now when you're done throwing your fit, we'll go back to the table and we'll sit down and we'll finish eating, but we're not going to stay in there while you're throwing your fit. And he did the same thing at the restaurant. When we would go to a restaurant, if she would start to scream as a baby he would just very calmly pick her up, put her on his hip, walk her out to the car. He would put her in her car seat, turn the car on, and he'd tell her. Now, and and he would put her belt on her. Like, you know, when he put her in the car seat, it wasn't just for her to wall her all over and crawl all over the back seat. He sat her in her car seat and he would say, now, Antonia, when you stop crying and throwing your fit, we'll go back into the restaurant and finish having dinner with mommy and everybody else. And he would go in the front seat, turn on the air conditioner, you know, with the car, if it was hot in the summer or the heater, and he would just sit in the seat and kind of take him a little nap, which he had no problem with because he loved to take a nap. (laughs) Sometimes that was the only way he'd get a Sunday afternoon nap. (laughs) I remember him doing that. And that is so funny. But he has the perfect personality for that. Because, like, if I was sitting in the yeah. car with my kid, I would be mad. I would want to, like, give yeah. him what for because <laughs> I would want to know what everybody's talking about in the restaurant. And here I am stuck in the car. With sitting the in the car. <laughs> yes, I but know. I and I'm the same way because we're social. Work. 
it did. It worked perfect. And she'd come back in and she, when he would bring her back in, he'd put her right back in her little high chair and we'd go back to eating as normal. <laughs> and she would not throw a fit because she knew her daddy would not put up. He never raised his voice. He didn't yell and scream or slap her or anything. Yeah. You know, he yeah. didn't holler at her. And I'm very thankful that he was that calm with her. And we just, Mostly it's just training at home. Like you said, that's the biggest thing is do the training at home before you go out into public or you go to other people's houses and let your children know, you know, we would even another tip that we would do with Antonia. And sometimes we still do this, even though she's a teenager now and pretty much we don't have to because she's been trained. And so she knows pretty much what our guidelines are. And, but on the way to like, if we were, if somebody had invited us over to eat, we would tell her now, Antonia, remember what are the rules when we go to people's houses and eat? And she would tell us, we would ask her and then she would repeat or she would tell us not, I'm not supposed to eat with my mouth full. I, you know, I'm not supposed to talk with my mouth full. I'm not supposed to, you know, I can do, I can't do. And she would go through the little list, you know, that we had and we'd say, good job. You know, we'd encourage her and we'd, we'd really applause her and, and give her kudos for her knowing. And so when she'd get there, she'd know. And if she didn't obey or she didn't follow through, then one of us would just calmly go get her and walk her down the hall to the bathroom or out to the car. And we'd say, now, remember, you told us what the rules or the guidelines were before we ever got here. And so the reason you're in here talking to mommy or out in the car with daddy is because you broke one of those rules. And so we're not going to go back in until you get it together and you remember what the rules were. Yeah. I think that's good. You know, something to give as a recommendation to parents. So, um, yes. So, uh, speaking of, um, Another one, and you mentioned this one, I do think is important, and I didn't want to bypass that one. Like, in our family, yeah, we definitely always prayed before we ate. And I don't know if you remember this, Sarah, but I feel like that if we tried to eat before we prayed, it was bad news bears. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dad or mom. It was just... That was something they felt was biblical, and I do too because I have read it. And it was a very sacred thing that we pray for our food and bless it because it wasn't just a little two minute. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Maybe when we were younger, you know, I don't really remember even mom and dad doing that. I do remember praying that prayer at school in public school, believe it or not, with Mrs. Pickrell, my second grade teacher. Okay. But at home, it was a prayer that was pretty, you know, it wasn't like five, 10 minutes long. But it was pretty serious because mom and dad believed that that was God protecting us from getting sick or getting some kind of terrible disease or, you know, from maybe the food or whatever. Right. But it was a very serious, very, very serious thing that we always blessed our food before we ate. Yeah. And I always remember like dad saying, sanctify this food to our body and bless it in Jesus name. Like Mm -hmm. it was like sanctify the food, you know, it wasn't good enough that the food was just blessed, but that food had to be sanctified. Right. (laughs) And and, you know, when I got older and I was reading about like, he will keep us from anything that could, anything we eat or drink that could harm us. Then I thought, well, there was a reason Mm -hmm. we were sanctifying that food because it might've needed saved from some things. 
Absolutely, you know, that's right. From something, <laughs> you know, when you finally grow yes. up enough to realize what those words mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, and then Absolutely. of course blessing it to our bodies and and a blessing, you know, understanding that it is a blessing to have food because not everybody in the world has food. And so, uh, right. Although when I think about it and I look at me now, I'm thinking (laughs) God did a little bit too much blessing. (laughs) That was okay, Lord. Could I bless some of this to somebody else? (laughs) No, we just have to learn to push it away a little sooner. (laughs) Yes, you're right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, That brings me to something else too. When you were talking earlier, this was a rule that I had written down is that um uh when we were at the table you had talked about how mom and dad did allow us to be included in conversation and stuff and we were i i am very thankful for that because we weren't told to be silent and be quiet and never to be able to talk and join in conversations mom and daddy in encouraged us to be involved in the conversation and sometimes those conversations got very hot and heavy because sometimes we would talk about politics you know especially the older we got because as we were forming our own um i guess you want to say belief system or or political system i don't even you know I, I don't, I'm not a politics person. I can't stand politics, but I did have an opinion and that's because mom and daddy had encouraged us to start thinking early in our early years, you know, preteens, teens, early teens, and then all throughout our teen years and young adulthood um, is forming. What is your belief system? What, what do you believe in? What are you going to stand up for that is right according to the word of God. And thank God they did that because otherwise we could have been out there doing all kinds of stuff and involved in a whole lot of stuff we should have never gotten involved in. But we were blessed that mom and dad did encourage us. One thing though, I do remember Anna and I know I'm talking a lot and I need to let you talk, but I do remember that mom and dad never ever talked about the saints of the church at the table as ministers, we did not chew up our saints and eat them for dinner, breakfast, lunch, anything that was not in our conversation. Our conversation consisted of things that happened through the day. Daddy would ask us, what'd you learn in school today? You know, we would talk about that if there was something bothering us. Um, But we did not discuss and gossip about the saints at the dinner table. That was not an accepted thing. If we were having problems with a friend, you know, or there was jealousy, because girls go through jealousy things. We have to be honest. Girls are cats. We can be. We can be jealous. And, you know, if we had a complaint about a friend or something, that was to be discussed later. Dad and mom would not allow us to discuss that at the table. They'd say, you know what? You need to come talk to us about that later. Yeah. And we would go and talk to them about that later. And I'm very thankful for that because it taught us um, that supper was just a time for us to gather around the table or breakfast. Sometimes Saturday was usually our breakfast day. You know, daddy and mommy would get up early and make a nice yummy breakfast for all of us. But when we were at the table, I remember that it was just good, healthy conversation about things that had happened to each of us throughout the day. And 
we discuss, you know, our day's happenings or what daddy was doing at work or, at the, you know, what we had on the schedule for the church, whether it was choir practice or whatever we were involved in. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember, you know. Yeah, I do. I agree. I, I think that, um, like, that's a good point because I was thinking about that. Like the supper table was the gathering place to catch up on everybody's day. That to me is like yes. what stands out in my mind when you say that was like, so, and that's even rolled over into our marriage to this day. Um, it's just mm -hmm. Daniel and I, but we don't bring our phones to the table at our house. Right. Because we haven't yeah. seen each other all day long. And so supper time mm -hmm. is a time where we invest in each other and we talk about each other's day and we discuss things that happen during the day or we discuss, you know, like something we read on the news or we discuss maybe we try not to get into a business like uh, right. or things like that. Did you sneeze? Right. Did you sneeze? Me? Yeah. No. It kind of sounded like <laughs> somebody sneezed or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. I didn't. <laughs> okay. But um it, like we try not to get into heavy conversations like bills and things like that because you know that can be a tense conversation and there's a place and time for that. Yeah. But um but we do talk about like to this day like we catch up with each other's lives at the supper table and just in our little family we don't take our phones nowadays to the supper table. And I remember back then Absolutely. it started with mom and dad because you like I remember trying to sneak a book to the supper table. Mom would be like, "You know better than that. Go put that in your bedroom." This is family. Time. I remember that. Like supper time was family time. It was the time of the yes. day that we all got together at the table and we talked about the events of the day. We talked about something we were learning in school. Dad would talk about a job he was working on and he might tell us a story, you know, about a customer or something that happened on the job or mom would share something that happened in her day. And it was just like mm -hmm. family time where we discuss things and talk about trips and places and things and whatever, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with you when we were young, especially like other yes. people were not up for conversation. Like when we got older and we were adults with no. our siblings, I think amongst ourselves, sometimes we got caught up in that, and which is we have like, we try to be very careful even now in our home. I, I'm like, Absolutely. I don't want to spend the whole time of my life talking about other people, you know, and dad no. used to say that saying, and then Paul used to say that saying, and then I've adopted that saying through the years, like small people talk about other people, average people talk about mm -hmm sporting events and things like that great people talk about mm -hmm. ideas you know right and, and about mm -hmm. things they want to accomplish in the world you know and so and that's not exactly how the quote goes but that's where my mind always goes back to like I don't want to be a small-minded person that my whole conversation all the time is focused on other people and what they need to fix or do right or whatever right. you know and so Absolutely. like when I'm with my friends and family it's easy to get caught up in that sometimes, but I think we all have to be careful about that and like really think about like, what can I do to change the world? Because like, that's the important stuff, you know? And so yes. I think in our family, yeah, that was a key thing. And it wasn't like, like, you know, in, when we're talking about that, it wasn't like you got to just come slumping into the supper table when you wanted to, you didn't get just no. get up and go to the bathroom when you felt like it. And meander around the house. No. And you didn't get to just get up and go throw your food away when you wanted to go back to reading your book. It was like, 
when dad or mom said it's supper time, everybody came to the table. If you needed to go to the bathroom, you asked for, we asked for permission to get up and go to the restroom. You know, it wasn't like a big deal. Like I have to go to the bathroom, but it'd be like, mom, may I please be excused? (laughs) You know, it was like, may I be excused? And if you were going to be excused, Mm -hmm. you knew there was an expectation to get back to the table while supper was going on. Because typically you should have went to the restroom before supper started. You know, right. And so it was mm-hmm. just like it was like this kind of a sacred time in the home yes. where we all congregated together for that one time of the day that we all actually yes. got to be together because that didn't happen except at separate time. I mean, it just really didn't. No. Marsha and Paul worked in the morning. So by the time we got up, Marsha worked mm-hmm. all night long sometimes as a what a CRC, C, what CNA? Is that what CNA. Was, as a CNA? Yeah. Marshall would mm-hmm. work the night shift sometimes. By the time we got up, Paul was working at the grocery store. You and I were going to school. Yeah. Dad was up in the wee hours of the morning, especially in the summertime, going to work because, um, you know, mm-hmm. in the construction he did. And then mom was at the house. So, like, we would not see each other throughout the day until supper time. And that's literally when we all caught up was at supper time. And so we knew, like, you don't leave the table till dad says supper is over and you can leave the table. Or mom says supper is over and you can leave the table. I mean, it it was just a given. And there were manners about doing things. There was a system to it, you know, and it was respectful. Like you had to use the right tone of voice. You didn't get to say, and I want to go to my room. Uh, Excuse me. You know, if you're going to talk like that, you'll sit on the chair till I tell you, you can get up, you know, kind of, I don't. So, um, yeah, I do remember that, like, being a key part of the whole supper thing. Mm-hmm. We're at 37 yeah. minutes already tonight. Wow. <laughs> Another one that I remember, uh, along with that, because you said manners, is we were always taught to ask and say please. And when we were given something, thank you. Always. Yes. If we were if we were at the table and we needed something, we, did, we didn't just point at it and say, hand me that. Or I want some taters or I want, I want, it was always, please pass the whatever. Could you please pass me the whatever, you know? And then when they did, mom and dad were always very strict about making sure that we said, thank you. Right. Um, And that to me, I know that sounds super simple, but it's, it, those are forgotten words in this day and age. And I think that is huge. I think that we always, especially as God's people, we should always teach our children to be mannerly in everything they do, always. And please and thank you are good words to, to incorporate into our lives, always. Absolutely, yeah. I, those are refreshing words to hear because you don't hear them very yeah. often. You know, please may I have the potatoes. Right. Can you please pass right. the potatoes? Or mm-hmm. uh, please may I have a napkin, you know, or yeah. could you please pass a napkin? And thank you for passing that. And I mean, it just makes, there's, there's a gentility. And when I say gentility, J it's G E N T E E L I T Y. I think I'm spelling that right. Yes. A gentility, not a gentleness, but in a way it's part mm-hmm. of that, but it's just like this trained, like you're trained yes. a little bit. And some people look at training as a bad thing because they're like, well, Training means you own somebody. We train dogs and we train animals. No, we train no. people too, because if you don't train Absolutely. people, then they act like animals. 
animals, you know? Absolutely. And so that's why people train animals is because they want them to have good behavior. And we train people so that they can have good behavior. So children need to be trained. But there's a gentility that that brings to your family time that makes it a pleasant event. Yes. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when somebody's not genteel, I think mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. You're the language English person. You can You're correct right. me if I'm wrong. But when someone is in gentle, is genteel in their interaction with others, it becomes a pleasant interaction, an yeah. enjoyable interaction. And yeah. so having that at a dinner table makes it an enjoyable dinner instead yeah. of having somebody who's thrown a fit because they don't get their way or they're mm-hmm. demanding everybody do this or the other, or they're getting up. And then that, then the dinner time becomes, you know, it becomes difficult for the mom. It becomes frustrating for the dad. Then the other kids, mm-hmm. like it's a trickle down effect. If there's an out of control person at the table, there's a yes. trickle there's a trickle down effect because it makes everybody nervous. And then the other kids are like, well, they ain't going to hear what I have to say today. So I may as well just do my own thing over here, you know? And so it's, it's, it, it, I think it taught us respect for each other and respect for our brothers and sisters. And, you know, like sometimes we're still bad about this. Sometimes the elders do talk all over each other. And I think it's just because we get excited. Yeah. We're we're passionate, you know, we we want to make sure we're heard. And that's something that we've always had to work on. And, and I always, I still like catch myself and I'm like, Anna, you know, because I am, um, I'm impetuous sometimes with my words, like they just blurt out of me. And then I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh, Oh, I should have waited and waited my turn to say that, you know, I need to, (laughs) I need to wait my turn, you know? And, but I think at the dinner table, like when you're there that, I mean, there were times that was exciting, but it also made us like respectful of each other because it made us like think, I want to hear what my brother's day was like. And Absolutely. he has a good story to tell. So if I mind my manners over here, I get to hear his story, which makes the supper table exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, but I yeah. agree. And I think too, that one of the, the, the top 10 that went along with that would be that when we did sit down at the table, after we had prayed and blessed the food and sanctified it, we didn't just, everybody just grab for something at the, you know, mama would put the food in the middle of the table and, and we didn't just, everybody just grab for something. It was usually daddy would get whatever he wanted first. And then he would start passing to the left or mama would get something and she would put some on her plate and then pass it to daddy. And then daddy would get it and he would pass. And we had a system where one item would be given to somebody and then it would go around the table to the left, you know, or to the right, whichever, you know, who had served first, depending on whether it was mom or dad. And so mom had trained us in that also. And daddy, daddy was very big on that. And they were making sure, you know, that we learned that you don't just come to the table and everybody's just like, I want and just grab because they wanted to have an organized, respectful, mannerly system. And so I'm very appreciative that they taught us that. Yeah, I remember that. I agree. I think, and, you know, I, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, well, I, just think I, I was going to say it. along with that, that, that if we had company, mom taught us always that the company was always served first. Always. Absolutely. We Absolutely. did not serve ourselves until after our company had been served. You know, it's funny too, girl, like 
still as an adult, I struggle with that because that was just such a way of our life that even if I'm at ministry's house and they're like, come and eat, come and eat. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, like, I just will stand and wait and they'll say, well, you go first. I don't want to be the first one through the line. Right. (laughs) Well, that was so ingrained in us. Maybe it's because I'm super fluffy right now. So I don't need that (laughs) reputation either. (laughs) Well, that could be some of it, but I do think it was because it was ingrained in us because mom and dad had been so adamant that we learned to serve, you know, our guests and those that were older and whatever was always served first. Yeah. But on the other hand, like if they keep saying, go first, go first, I don't want to stand there and argue with other no. people. You go first. No, you go first. Right. Then everybody's like, then you start looking like idiots. So it's just like, okay, I'll go first because I want to be courteous. It's not yeah. because I want to go first, you idiot. It was like, you were supposed to go first. Right. <laughs> yes. When How I say idiot, that? I'm teasing. Okay, right. when I say idiot, I'm teasing. I would only yes. call that a friend or a family member. <laughs> right, absolutely. We would not call anybody an idiot. Another yes. rule that went along with that was mom, especially mom, oh my word. And she's still this way to this day. She was adamant that you do not burp or belch or make bodily function noises. <laughs> the nicest thing <laughs> say it out loud at the table I mean you know if you felt like that was coming up you were to close your mouth and very quietly put a napkin to your mouth and try to keep it as quiet as possible and always say excuse me you are gonna die when I tell you this oh lord I was so I've been reading this author, and I don't want to get off on this too long because I don't want to take away from our time. But I've been reading this author, a friend here referred to me, referred me to called Tessa Afshar. Uh-huh. She is amazing. Okay. So if y'all like to read Tessa Afshar, okay. Amazing. You have to go get her books. But she writes okay. about is she writes about the Hebrew children, and it's usually kind of about like the period of time is pretty much the New Testament period of time, or it could be. Uh-huh the Old Testament period of time, but it's the cultures and the customs of that day. Well, right. I don't know if she, what she did her research on, but in one of her books, <laughs> she talked about, <laughs> I'm almost positive it was her. It was either her or it was, um, I'm pretty sure it was her because I've been reading like two or three of them, but um, she, I'm almost positive it was her. She was talking about how the Hebrew people were taught that you don't pass wind in the presence of others. <laughs> but they called it, this is what they called it. They called it the lower cough. Oh my. <laughs> yes, oh my. Mom would have loved I that. Know, I don't know if, you know, like that's legit. But in the yeah. book, she titled it the lower cough anytime. Oh my. She was referring to that. And she was kind of talking about the manners and the customs. But girl, that just kind of cracked me up. But I thought, you know, that's a very genteel way. Yes, of- it is. <laughs> of referring to like bodily functions that are yeah. not you know something we typically talk about but and it was talking about like at the supper table or when you're in mixed company or whatever absolutely these are things you don't do and the hebrew people according to her now i have not fact checked this but according yeah. to her the hebrew people you know the, they taught these were the customs of the people because this is how people that are people of god Absolutely. And mom taught us that. And I'm very thankful. And she was very strict and adamant. And to the point, girl, where you don't even talk about it, even still with mom, 
it is it is not kosher. That's an Israelite word or a Jewish word, but it is not kosher to discuss or do any kind of bodily functions out loud in mixed company. Absolutely. It's just not good. It's not good yeah. stuff. So that was part of our our training and our upbringing in our top ten, and very very strict about it still to this day. It just doesn't I, happen. I appreciate that because people have let that go. Like. Honest yes, to God, I could tell stories about us being in restaurants out here and oh, a woman me too. doing that out loud in a restaurant. And my husband was as mortified as I was. And I think he yeah. was even more irate than I was. And we were both so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. It's all back to that pleasant dining experience. You know what I mean? Yes. So things that create, like, I think the focus is on things that create a pleasant dining experience. Now, another thing to talk about when you're talking about that is don't eat with your mouth open. There is nothing. Absolutely. Like, I remember mom would and be like, smack your lips. Your mouth. Don't smack your lips. But, right. You know, that is, that doesn't, it's not a pleasant eating experience when you're looking at somebody <laughs> chew up their food. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and another thing, um, one that was part of, probably more part of the, I don't know, the beginning and the ending of our our dining experiences, if I may put it that way with our table manners was mom did not baby us when she was cooking, even as little girls. And then for sure, when we became tweens and teenagers and older young ladies, you know, in our, in our late teens and early twenties and whatever. And still to this day, when we go to her house, which she doesn't do much cooking anymore, she just fragile, too fragile and not strong enough to do that. But when mama was cooking, we were not sitting on our duffs. We no were in way. the kitchen working no with way. her, helping her, putting stuff together. I mean, even as little kids, if we couldn't cook at the stove, she would set, have us set the table. And there was a certain way we set the table. You know, you didn't just plop the plates in the middle of the table and you didn't just plop the silverware any old way. And you didn't go without putting a napkin down. We were very involved. That was a huge thing that mom was not in the kitchen slaving over dinner while we were all sitting in the living room reading or playing or listening to our music or whatever. We were all involved in helping to pull that dinner together, especially if it was a church night or if it was a Sunday or mom had things on her calendar and schedule that had to be accomplished. And likewise, Anna, here was the other rule that went hand in hand with that is after dinner, When we all were done, we cleaned up our own spot. We threw our own trash away. We cleaned off our plate and we helped with the dishes. We didn't just go put our our plate in the sink for mom to do the dishes and go plop our hind ends on the couch while she was still in there slaving away. That was no, no, no. That And still to this day, and I am adamant about that rule. I'm adamant. Shirley? Shirley, you're going to have to hold my mule. Shirley, you're going to have to hold my mule. (laughs) I know that's one I can really get on a soapbox about. (laughs) Because there is nothing more frustrating to me. And I see, unfortunately, I, and I'm not here to cast negative light in our movement, but I have literally seen this so many places that I have visited that I have been embarrassed for them. And in the Bible setup of the family, the woman is the the caretaker of the home. Yes. And so the women, you know, help take care of supper. They clean the table off. They do the dishes. They set the table. They put things back where they need to go. If the floor needs swept, the floor gets swept, whatever the case might be. 
but yeah, the men don't go in the living room and sit down and talk. And then all the girls go in the living room and sit down and talk while the older ladies are in there working by the sweat of their brow. They already made the supper. Mm-hmm. They've already been in there working. And like, to me, the older I get about this. And when I was young, I did struggle with this. Like I have never liked doing dishes. I still don't like doing dishes, but mm-hmm. I don't like a dirty table and I don't like a sink full of dirty dishes. So we've never had a dishwasher since we've been married and our dishes get done because right. I feel like yeah. that my generation and below can do that because we're the generation where like more cell phones and things came into play. But I feel like from my generation and lower, we really need to up our game in that area. I agree 100%. And that doesn't only mean at home that overflows into our church functions because when groups have cooked or you come in and you have a picnic or whatever and then everybody just gets up and leaves and there's five to ten people left to clean up the mess after everybody that's wrong I'm sorry that's wrong and I'm like you I'm not casting judgment but we should do better we need to get our a game on girls that's someplace that really we all need to be kicking in and helping and mom was adamant about that the last rule I had and maybe you can tell me one different um, but mom always made sure that we told our hosts or hostess or both thank you before we ever left. Thank you very much. That was a good dinner. Yeah, I agree with that. But before we go on to that, I do want to go back to that other one because I feel like I feel like there's something important to post to point out about that. Like to leave that area that where everybody is cleaning and cleaning up and stuff and to go get on our phones. Mm-hmm. We don't grow through isolation. Right. We can live in such a digital technical world and living our lives vicariously through all the social people we're following on our phones. Yes. That we miss out on some really great relationships in real life. And I I feel like an important, like a rite of passage for ladies and young ladies is those kitchen experiences and those kitchen moments because you're in there doing dishes with the ladies from the church and you're learning about them and you're sharing that moment with them and you're working together and even the men in the church if they're helping as well but sometimes the men are doing other stuff outside but you're you are humbling yourselves to your sisters in that moment you're building relationship with your sisters you're building camaraderie with your sisters you're hearing their stories you're drying dishes you're sweeping the floor sometimes you're singing songs sometimes you're just being crazy and having conversations with them but those are bonding moments that not only make families cohesive and stronger but they make churches more cohesive and stronger because then if you take it from your family into the church it makes the church really feel like a family but if people are always like saying well i'm out there's work to do then Mm -hmm. they're going out and they're isolating themselves or they're just going out in their little group they're missing that opportunity to bond with the people of god and with their other family members in christ and i'm sorry that is so valuable like there's so much we can glean from each other. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, maybe it's just cause I'm a people person. Yeah. The older I get, the more I appreciate that. And like, like I may not want to be doing the hard, dirty work all the time, but I enjoy being in the kitchen with my sisters because yes. like we laugh, like yes. it's hilarious sometimes. I mean, I'm going to just be straight with you people. I'm going to push the dishes off on Sarah when we're together as much as I can, <laughs> but I'm going to be cleaning off the table and scrubbing those counters to death. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> this is true. 
but we've had a lot of fun, girl. You have to admit, we've had a lot of fun and we still do when we get together as a family and we're all cleaning up and we're all working on our dishes and whatever. And sometimes if we're not having fun, we're weeping and praying over each other because, you know, we feel a special burden of something that maybe one of us has shared that God's put in our heart or something. And so definitely that is huge. And I will say with all funniness aside, if I wash the dishes or clean, because I don't like dishes with food particles left on it. <laughs> I'm going to scrub them until the paint belt comes off. Because I like those things to be clean. But anyways, yeah. yeah, I think that's good. And girl, you were saying like, always say thank you. I think that's vital. And you know what I learned in Germany? Aunt Hank taught me this when we were in Germany. And I loved this. When somebody invites you over, if you can take a hostess gift. Absolutely. I agree. Even if it's just, it just a small kind of token fun. of appreciation. Yeah. Yes. A card, some flowers, mm-hmm. you know, something just a nice kind of candle or yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Super, I think it makes it super, true. super fun. Well, girl, so, we're down to 58 minutes and six, seven, eight seconds. We've really pulled out another hour, but I've enjoyed talking yeah. with you tonight. And I think we covered a lot of ground and I really work on trying to train Antonia this way and continue training and now training ladies here in the church. And so I think that this is something we could all improve on. But if you wrote a list tonight, if those that are listening wrote a list, put your list out there. We'd like to see them, post them, um, post them on our page or send them to us on email because it'd be fun to look over all the rules and guidelines that you are taught for your top 10 So I think now that we're going to close it out, Anna, unless you have something else to say, it's been fun. Yeah, I just, as we're closing, I just want to encourage everyone, you know, like we're in this season where we're wearing masks and everything's crazy and you can't see each other's smile. And it's kind of, you know, it's almost like they're trying to take away the human touch of things. But in this time, you know, get together with your friends. If you feel like there are people you're comfortable around, don't be afraid to get around your family and friends. Enjoy those moments. Smile at people. Pull your mask down and smile at people. Stay yeah. connected. Stay human. Like we need to make the choice. We don't got to go breathe up in their face or whatever, but make eye contact with people. Um, if you're at church, fist bump your brothers and sisters or elbow bump them. Or if they feel comfortable and you feel comfortable, give each other a hug. You know, we know this stuff is real, but we're still humans and God created us and we need each other. So when we can like invest in each other and care for others out of everything. I think I would say in closing, prefer others before yourself. Like we all need to work at preferring others before ourselves. So if we see sister Sharon Mori, for example, doing Mm -hmm. the dishes and we know she's been working her guts out all day and I'm 30 years younger than her. I want to go do the dishes so she can go home, you know, because that's a way I show love to my brothers and sisters in Christ and prefer them above myself. So this has been fun tonight, sis. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. Good deals. Good talking with you. Everybody have a wonderful evening. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Uh Hey, we're going to do a giveaway. Stay tuned. I'm going to post about it here in the next couple of days. Yes. Thank you all for following. (laughs) All right. Good night. Good night.